Welcome to Daily Daf Differently, a Jcast Network podcast. This daily podcast invites you to join us to study the Daily Talmud page with a variety of liberal rabbis and teachers. For more information about Daily Daf Differently, please visit jcastnetwork.org slash ddd. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Welcome to the Daily Daf Differently. I'm Daniel Nevins, and today we'll be studying Tractate Yoma 13, Daf Yud Gimel, the last in our week of study. The Kohen Gadol on Yom Kippur is a bit like the lead actor in a Broadway show. We want the actor to succeed, of course, but there needs to be a backup plan, an understudy to step into his role at a moment's notice. Our focus today is on understudies, the backup high priest, and then the backup wife that Rabbi Yehuda prescribed for the high priest back in the Mishnah. Yesterday, we began discussion of the understudy high priest. If the first priest becomes pasul, or incapable of serving on Yom Kippur, then another priest is quickly appointed. According to Rabbi Yossi, there was, in fact, such a case with a priest named Yosef ben Elim. According to Josephus, in the Antiquities, Yosef ben Elim replaced the high priest Matityahu for just one day. Assuming that the first priest recovers, as happened with Matityahu, there is a problem. What to do about the understudy? It wouldn't be appropriate to keep two high priests in action. But the understudy can't just return to his prior duties. As we say, Malin moridin, we raise the level of holiness and never bring it down. Rabbi Yossi says that the understudy who once served as high priest can no longer serve in either capacity, neither as high priest nor as simple priest, at least until the current office holder dies. But how will the first high priest feel knowing that the other priest is waiting for his demise? Won't he be like a tsara mechaim, a rival wife, when the first wife is still alive? The Gemara says, Kamash Milan, it doesn't matter. This Kohen will just have to deal with it. If he is disabled or dies, the show must go on. Indeed, a few lines later, the Stam tells us that the presence of a rival priest who is standing ready to take over at moment's notice might even improve the performance of the first. Kivan de Avdinan Leitzara, Kol Shekin de Mizdaris Tefehi. Once we appoint a rival to the high priest, he will become all the more meticulous in his work. Now, we can concede that there is some wisdom to this as a management technique. In sports, anyway, there's often a healthy competition between the first string and second string players. But in matters of the spirit, we like to think that our leaders deserve the full confidence of their congregation. The Talmud is not so sentimental. When it comes to the integrity of ritual, personal feelings must be put aside. This hard and even harsh approach is greatly augmented in the rest of our daf, which I must say is one of the most callous texts that I have encountered in our sacred literature. The Torah says in Leviticus 16 that the high priest must atone for himself and for his household. The chiper ba'ado uva'ad beito. 
And the sages understand this to mean that the priest must be married in order to serve. Beito is his wife. In our Mishnah, Rabbi Yehuda worried, but what if the priest's wife died on Yom Kippur? His solution? Prepare a replacement wife for him. The rabbis replied with one of the most common sense expressions in the Talmud, which is woefully underutilized today. If we're going to worry about that, where will it end? Why just prepare one replacement wife? She could also die. Two, three? Rabbi Yehuda's position is dismissed as unwieldy and unnecessary in the Mishnah. But here, in Yom 13a and b, the Gemara takes up Rabbi Yehuda's minority view and plays it out. Here's a snapshot of their conversation. What good is it to merely prepare a backup wife? If Mrs. Cohen I dies in Yom Kippur, Mr. Cohen Gadol won't be able to marry the second wife. We don't do weddings on Shabbat at Yom Tov, and so he will be a widower after all and be unable to atone for his household. The Gemara then plays out a half dozen solutions. Well, he could engage the second woman before Yom Kippur, but that won't help. She still wouldn't be his full wife. Okay, he could fully marry the second woman, but then he'd have two households, and the Torah only mentions one. He could marry the second woman before Yom Kippur and give her a conditional divorce. This is your divorce on condition that you die. I do not like the sound of this. The Talmud plows through each scenario, finding technical flaws with each solution. And as it carries on, this reader at least begins to despair. Where is their Rachmanus? How will Mr. Cohen function with these conditional divorces predicated on the death of his first wife or her rival on Yom Kippur? How will Mrs. Cohen function? What will be their emotions on this day of purification and high service? The Talmud is frankly just not interested. It has a technical problem to solve. It's even just a theoretical technical problem since Rabbi Yehuda's view is the minority. And it sticks to the level of technicalities. The daf ends with a scenario of a high priest who suffers a death in his family while in the middle of the Yom Kippur service. Again, the issue is not his emotions, but his technical status. As an onen, that is a person whose relative has just died, can he serve as priest? We know that he's not allowed to eat the priest's portion of the sacrifice as an onen, from the story of Aaron and his surviving sons after Nadav and Avihu died. But can this priest finish the avodah, or service at the altar? Rabbi Yehuda says no, he should drop his work and leave the temple premises, lest he eat by accident. But Rabbi Yossi says he should finish the job. Again, the text gets technical, but on 14a at the top, it finally admits to emotion. Nehi de'aninut atrodi milo Even if we say that the laws of Aninut don't apply to this high priest, whose wife has died in Yom Kippur, since he has put in place a conditional divorce for just this scenario, therefore he's divorced, not bereaved, and he's not an onen and can eat. Nevertheless, will he not be distraught? Atrodi milo mitrid. 
in such a tragic circumstance, the priest should go home and let someone else finish the job. This humane conclusion seems to undermine the whole premise of Rabbi Yehuda's backup wife. It turns out you can't just replace relatives without breaking stride. We are not robots, after all, and the widowed high priest needs to go home. You can plan all you want, but a death in the family will still demand your full attention. This is the wisdom of Aaron's example in the Torah, and it is a necessary reminder that no matter how important one's work may be, a person is still a person, and their relationships must ultimately override even the most important professional obligations. Thank you for joining me in this survey of Yoma 7-13. May we all grow in knowledge and wisdom through our daily study of Torah. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Daily Daf Differently, and that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page. The music at the opening and close of this episode is Ufros from the Epichorus album One Bead, available on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify.